TFT, the Theory for Turntables podcast. I'm Matt. That's Ryan. Ryan, we're the greatest. They should hang us in the Louvre. Down the back, but who cares? Still the Louvre. Matt, broadcast the boom, 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 and make them all dance to it. And uh, we're not alone. We are joined by uh, by TFT punk correspondent Rachel D. Rachel, I understand. I'm a liability. Uh, you're a little much for me. You're a little much for me. <laughs> so we, we 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 just hit a double samesies, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the elusive double samesie. <laughs> so this is, uh, I I guess it would have been good to research this before, but we're we're back to talking about Lord, who is sort of the patron saint of uh, of the the TFT podcast, right? Was it Pure Heroin? Was Pure Heroin our first music focused TFT? Um, uh, yes, I don't. I don't I'm research. Uh, it was episode seven seventy six. The Fraggle Cave of Our uh, Subconscious, I believe, was the uh, transition from uh, from from Gossip Girl to music, uh, and it, back in two thousand thirteen. Uh, in the fall, which was when we we became a music podcast. Yeah, and that's I mean that's wild, right? Because then after that, like it was actually that uh, album which gave rise to the New York Times article through which I discovered Halsey, who we just covered, and um, and also Lord sort of ushered in this wave of like indie electro pop. Uh, or at least sort of popularized it in the in a kind of in a sort of crossover between like a, a singer songwriter mode and an indie electro pop um, kind of mode. And uh, she's back with with the follow up uh, melodrama, um, the the uh, the sophomore album, uh, which I don't understand because I'm not a millennial. Um, but I, I, I understand that it's a record about how it's, uh, it's difficult for Lord to get a date or sustain a relationship. And that's, uh, I, I guess that's a universal human experience. I don't know. I'm, I'm being uh, purposeful. I'm trolling purposefully, but, uh, I don't, I know we're not a review podcast, but, but guys, thumbs up melodrama, thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, real enthusiastic thumbs up. Good. Yeah, but we are millennials. I mean, we're the oldest we're millennials, millennials. We're, but we're just on the other side of that divide from you looking over that yawn, that yawning generational chasm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I feel like it. Never, never have I felt our minuscule, like insignificant age difference more than uh, than right now as we peer over the generational razor blade uh, and, you know, from one side, from one side to the other. And I can't climb over because I would surely cut myself on the on the generational um on the generational razor blade um i you know yeah i mean i'm 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 not gonna lie i i found it like while i like now i'm humming a lot of the songs and i thought they were good and uh gosh that jack antonoff he does a good he's like a max martin for the for the millennial generation Listen, I mean, no, you're right, Matt. It's it's no hopeless fountain kingdom. <laughs> um, that's in- that's interesting because it's because it's coherent. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's. Yeah, uh... I mean, it is it is interesting. I mean, I we can we'll get into this because you know I, I mentioned this a few episodes ago. That I definitely was nervous about this album uh, after oh, hearing the uh, the Bleachers album, which is was like is just a bit overstuffed with ideas and a little too self satisfied. Um, and this, I think, is a you know the fact that these albums came out within weeks of each other um, and were probably created around the same time and actually share some similar touches in terms of production and songwriting um, is actually a pretty good. Uh, experiment uh, to show the the the, the effect of Lord, right? Uh, because that, and, and there's definitely ways in which she you know succeeds uh, uh, in spite of uh, Jack Antonoff in some ways, uh, but then other ways because because of him. But um, I think that there are where it succeeds are certain elements of of writing, of turns of phrase, um, and of the vocal performance that are just really kind of ineffably Lord, right? That you can just hear some of these, you know. Things 
things delivered with uh, with Lord's scowl, right? With her kind of side-eyed scowl, uh, and 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 then others though, where there's even the the faintest glimmer of kind of a a smirk. Um, and there's there's a lot of kind of um, uh, of of kind of range of emotion that's expressed, and I think it's worth kind of unpacking that as we as we dive in. Yeah, be, being a millennial, she has a lot. Of, she selfies a lot on on her Instagram account, and she does have a very expressive face that can convey uh, that can convey a whole range of shade. You know, from uh, uh, yeah, as you say, from scowl to smirk and and everything in between. Yeah, it's fifty shades of shade. Right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, let's give everybody because uh, I have a lot to say about but what you brought up. But let's give everyone a chance to listen to uh, to listen to melodrama. You can put this podcast on on pause. I mean, it went wide. It's a global phenomenon. It's everywhere uh, that you find um, that you can find music. So give it a spin and come back to us uh, uh, as soon as we have had this word from our commercial sponsor. Are you looking to eat onion rings? Very much. I like, uh, I'm so hungry. And that is the thing that would hit the spot. If only there was just one source, one great resource where I could rate and compare onion rings across the world. Yeah. Well, what I, if I? T- yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. No. Please. Well, please. I, I, gather. I, gather some more opinions. Yes. Yeah. No. I was about to. I mean, I was about to say that's the thing. I travel a lot. You know, mm. like mm. Uh, like yes. glo- globally and uh, and like a jet setting. Uh, mm. uh, you know, knowledge working um, style maven like me needs to know. Uh, about the onion ring uh, situation in different cities around the world. What if I told you there was once a Instagram review site called Onion Rings Worldwide that was d- devoted to this, but it got shut down? Oh my goodness. Why? Oh my God. Well, because it, it was too great of a bo- burden for Lord herself our Lord and Savior to bear. Uh, but we need, uh, I, th- this is a public service announcement asking you to petition your Lord to, to write <laughs> to, to your Lord uh, and, and ask her to bring back onion rings worldwide. Cause us, our whole world needs to know where the best onion rings are. I, I, I will get on it. I will call, I will not call my congressman. I will not call my senators. I will call Lord and tell her uh, that we need to know about the onion rings for sure. I don't care if the Russians have colluded with Trump's administration. I just want to make sure that we see the onion ring reviews that we need in this world. That's right. Be the onion ring that you want to be in the world. Petition Lord for onion ring to bring back onion rings worldwide today Hmm. and we're back no questions huh gonna be a short podcast then (laughs) yeah this melodrama (laughs) (laughs) i don't don't know if i have any questions no it's not well okay so so like i i have a couple thoughts based on what what you were saying before right like it's the story of Lord is that she was, you know, at a talent show or something, right? She was discovered in New Zealand by a record company person. And there were like a lot of years put into kind of preparing and grooming her and, you know, making that, that first album. And so it was like a snapshot. It was like a synchronic, um, you know, thing. It was like a picture of a, of a particular moment, of a particular voice, uh, of a particular, of a particular talent. And though she's had other kind of high profile projects, I'm thinking of the, the, uh, Hunger Games soundtrack that she curated and also had a new original song on. Um, and, but this is the first kind of major statement that we've gotten, uh, from her that kind of incorporates her, the reality of her last four years, which is the reality of being an international sensation, like a pop star, uh, rather than, you know, rather than just being a, a uh, uh, rather than just being a prodigiously talented teenager. And that's one thing. And then there's also sort of the sense of kind of like development, um, development and growth, both in terms of the, uh, you know, both in terms of the, um, material that she's writing the songs about and also in terms of kind of the sound and the 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 musical aspects of what she's talking about and and for me um 
Yeah, I mean, so for me, that's a that's a sort of that's a sort of interesting thing. This is like this is a an album by a person who is sort of underway, right? Rather than rather than by a person who's uh, who's starting out. And the the um, you know, I don't know. That's so. What do you think of that? Uh, uh, what do you think of that as a uh, like heuristic um, myth of um, of pure heroin versus melodrama? I think that's I think that's totally right. I think that's what's interesting about it though is that even as a teenager, Lord was an old soul, right? <laughs> um and and so that I think that there is a a little bit of this album, right? And I, I think about the song, um, I think it was called Ribs. It was right kind of near the middle of uh, Pure Heroine, that, where she says several times, it feels so weird to get old, right? Yeah. Um, and, and she kind of ruminates on getting old at this at, at a house party, right? And there's a house party where there's a, a broken, the broken social singing song, Lover's Spit is Stuck on Repeat. Uh, and, and it's like, at, at this, you know, as a 14-year-old, 15-year-old left home alone at a parent's house feels really old. Um, and I think what's really interesting about um, melodrama is that there is, I think, a little bit of you know, moments of regression, right? Of, of like, there is, I think, artistically progression um, in actual age progression, uh, in fame and budget, all of these things, you know, progression. But then in this, in the actual behavior and in some of the emotions, um, it like, uh, it, it's like if, if one of those theses in that kind of core song on, um, pure heroin was, it feels so weird to get old. Um, and now like here, it's like the conference of it feels so weird to be so young. Right. Uh, and there's a sense of, um, you know, and, and if there's this, you know, there's a rough kind of framing of a party um uh, on this album and it's a party that gets pretty sloppy right <laughs> that it, you know it starts fun and it gets real weepy um and and you know maybe it ends in an exalted place but there's it's the arc of the party um but there, there's a lot more kind of you know there's a lot of places where ma- maturity it, as much as there are is this pool of maturity, there's then a kind of almost not consciously, but just through behavior and through circumstance, um, a a rebelling against that. Yeah, no, I do think the framing device is interesting because to me it's sort of like a metaphorical, like a figurative getting sloppy. Uh, like I don't really think Lord, I, I view the thing as like a sort of like it. It's like she is. She is getting sloppy at a party, uh, like by, by by being drunk. But that's really just a kind of like, uh, you know, a metaphor for like being emotionally unstable, um, because of like the circumstances of this like heartbreak. Um, and, but then you know it's sort of framed in this larger idea of like the the arc of being really sloppy at a party being almost like the stages of like I don't know like heartbreak or grief like dealing with heartbreak um, and 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 understanding heartbreak. Yeah, they're like the Kubler Ross sta- stages of partying, right? Yeah. right? Like the first stage is green light, you know. The second stage is homemade dynamite, right? Uh, <laughs> the third stage is liability. <laughs> yeah no exactly they're, they are like right they're the, the stages of partying well and then the last stages is, are, are, are perfect places right mm-hmm. uh, is the is is um uh, like it does I, I feel like end at a certain kind of acceptance right, right acceptance <laughs> and like self-awareness or, or yeah like an acceptance of like oh well this is what I'm doing you know this is the arc I was on yeah I mean it's it's interesting to talk about like it's interesting to talk about this to talk about this perspective and this framing device in in relation to the thematic material that Ryan brought up in terms of like if pure heroin was like about being old all of a sudden and this is about being like young all of a sudden right like you know there's a different there's a sort of different relationship between like being 
at the high school parties and like being yeah. at the and at the end of an arc, yeah. you know, um, yeah. and being at the whatever these are music industry parties or like right. you know. Uh, like parties that you throw for your friends in back in New Zealand because they're New Zealand people and you're an international superstar. Um, what you know, whatever, and being or being, Brooklyn party, Brooklyn like you know loft parties. Yeah, right? exactly. With, with, yeah, with with Jack and Lena. Um, the uh, the parties that they you know that 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 is going on and like sort of being sort of rel- being relatively young being maybe a little less in control and also like the the interesting thing about like pure heroin to me was that the point of view was so strong and yeah. the the identity was so like well formed and this is a little soupier right in terms of in terms of identity and vulnerability and and being young and and having room for growth and like sort of figuring out who you are a lot more than the album by the you know uh, lord as a younger woman as a child as a teenager right like uh was um was that that was a little more fixed and this is an interesting i mean this is an interesting thing like we we sort of when we pivoted to lord it was after the teen soap opera podcast because lord was kind of one of these fucking teenagers right and like this it was an interesting to go from gossip girl to what to what uh to what lord represented and and she was honestly like after gossip girl she's like a real breath of fresh air because she doesn't have this like uh, this relentless, sophisticated boredom, you know, this pose of, of right. kind of above it allness, uh, that Gossip Girl tracked it, uh, trafficked in, um, and like the not exactly naivete, but the kind of unvarnished enthusiasm was a really, um, you know, it was a really cool aspect of it. And that's sort of, that's gone now, you know, not gone, but it's kind of transformed now into a different, uh, into a different kind of thing because she is sort of initiated into, uh, the music business, into adult relationships, into, you know, the Brooklyn loft parties of, of, uh, uh, the, the Brooklyn loft parties of life. Right. And that's a, uh, uh, you know, and she's both, she's both a little, and she's a little above it, herself right like she has some sort of fixed ideas about about uh about what what that means but the, it i mean it's interesting because it to me because it goes the first record was like observational comedy and and a lot of the the charm and the success of it to me came from um hearing things described in unexpected ways right like uh what's the deal with the veins of my city as seen from space you know <laughs> and that like uh um and that this is a little more there's a, a more knowing character on this record that is uh it's uh, which is an adjustment um or which which is a development is what i mean yeah no i i do think there is kind of like a more knowing character and you know kind of a more i mean i guess like a more self-involved character too right yeah. like this is i mean you know to your point like i do think it is less sort of like it's less observational. It is a lot more of like this from the, the, like this one character. Uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's like a, it's a lot more of like a, a kind of in, in the head of this, like, and, mm-hmm. and like a very more like a inward looking album. Well, and I mean, I, I just keep thinking about the album cover of melodrama as contrasted with pure heroin, right? So melodrama is the cover is basically like this kind of impressionist selfie, right? It's, it's Lord. It's a, it's a painting of Lord in bed looking at right at the camera or right at the painter, uh, the viewer. Uh, and she's, and she's kind of bathed in blue light, uh, and shadows and she's, she's sad and very moody. Um, and the cover of pure heroin was just, white text on a black background right and it was it was minimalist and it was but a there was a there, there was choice yeah and yeah. A good font a good a good typesetting there but like also it had a slight blur to it and like a gradient that looked like mm-hmm. so it was like text mm-hmm. in an instagram filter it was like a yeah. text it was like a text post and this is uh this is sort of takes that instagram mode and like uh 
and sort of hand makes it right like yeah. uh and it's like it's unclear is this a like is this is she waking up i don't know i feel like the color tones make it nighttime it's not like there's no arm in the shot it doesn't look like an angle you could get in a selfie so is there another person like the viewer is in the place of like a you know a notional other person who she's looking at is it a lover is it are they leaving are they showing up is it you it's, know, a, it's a drone i think it's a drone <laughs> it's a sadness drone yeah we're, we, i think we're failing to really capture like the third the other perspective of this album which is that of the drone <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is an album about the uh, the surveillance state yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean, uh, what? Uh, so what do you think, Ryan? What I I didn't listen to the Jack Antonoff record as much as as uh, you two. It sounds like did. So what were the? You mean you mean like halfway through once, <laughs> right? And then uh, turned it off in disgust. <laughs> yeah, and then, I, and then about a quarter of the way through again today. <laughs> I, yeah, the, I guess I lapped you. <laughs> you. You definitely did. Yeah, no, I didn't enlist in the D bag Navy. Uh, the way you know the way uh, the way that you guys uh, ha- have so thank we, hey. we, we were conscripted all right <laughs> yeah I, hey. I, I enlisted <laughs> thank you for your service and and B uh, like what what do you have to say about the the sort of similarities or the about Jack Antonoff's role as a producer on this on this record and kind of what from the Bleachers album what it it uh, what it seems like he has brought to the table. Um, okay, well, this is gonna sound real harsh, but I think I think the things that are and I don't think they necessarily fail on this album, but I think where you see the kind of Jack Antonoff touch the jack the jacking off the jacking off touch <laughs> is in the like desire to have these like reprises and little interludes um and also these like fake queen moments i would yeah, call them yeah what's the one uh, um, uh writer in the dark writer in the dark yeah like uh i think those to me feel like in general i feel like the latter half of the album feels like very touched by the kind of same impulses that are underlying the yeah. other bleachers album that just the bleachers album that just came out um and i do think you know, it, it, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I think they, they, for the most part, are successful here. Um, but I think they're successful kind of like in spite of that influence and not like because of it. Uh, just because I also think like, it, you know, there's a kind of a whole stretch towards the end, starting with, I would say, hard feelings and the loveless interlude um, where there's like a bunch of little interludes and reprises. And they're all just... I think they're all to- and like the songs in between them um ha- sometimes they're just like tonally so kind of distinct and kind of off on their own from the rest of the album never so much so that I think they can't be sort of sold as part of like a coherent whole or it's like really distracting but you know for example I think Loveless is like a good example of this it's such a distinctive track and it fades in and fades out and I think that's such a strong, distinctive um, choice that it needs to be like a recurring motif. And yeah. instead we get like this one idea and then we get this like other idea and they're all like interesting ideas. And I think they all ultimately kind of work together, but just like barely. I think a lesser a lesser writer and vocal talent would not and like it just a lesser artist would not make this shit hang. Uh, in the same way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I think that there are, and so like, right. So one of these kind of features are these kinds of structural for, like flourishes of this as a kind of concept album. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, so, and so those are some of the, pathologies that we also talked about on the uh the halsey album two weeks ago right mm-hmm. uh and and of a concept album that's not really cashed out right and right. a low low commitment concept album um i think that some of the other jack antonoff um uh flourishes at the level of sort of individual sonic pieces of the aesthetic as opposed to kind of album structure things are certain kinds of 
of kind of vocal processing and playing with like the mix. So kind of doing these things where sounds kind of flatten out um, or there's these little like echoed uh, vocals. Right. And so I think that the, a, I think it's on sober, there's a kind of echoed like, Hey, that uh, is very, very bad blood. Right. Is very, mm. is, is kind of, um, is 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 there it kind of echoes some of um some of the taylor swift stuff um and that works a little bit better right and because i think overall i mean the album and again if if there is if this is like a um party that unravels right that the first three songs are very much kind of you know i mean they're the they're the spin classiest of the spin class songs on this album right they they feel like very kind of uh contemporary kind of pop edm synth pop um nexus and and are all very good um the louvre is kind of a an emo song right it's lord does kind of acoustic emo uh orchestral emo um liability is the 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 um the piano ballad we were surprised that we liked because this is not a piano ballad household (laughs) we have a we have a zero tolerance um policy on piano ballads and yet somehow here we are liking we you know we we uh we came to bury the piano ballad not to praise it (laughs) um and yet uh and here we are um and then that brings us up to this this uh this second half of the album which is a lot more kind of snippety and a lot more mm-hmm. um a lot more of these 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 pieces and you feel the jack antonoff touch at the kind of at the structural level and at the kind of increasing kind of dramatic piano um ballad right so again so it's he, the, he has these two modes of kind of 80s synth poppy piece and then a kind of somewhere between um queen Paul McCartney and Billy Joel and uh, Bruce Springsteen as kind of the other piece. And you kind of see those come in. I don't know. Are, are any of these kind of uh, influences and reference points is, uh, uh, resonating with what you heard as you listened through to yeah, the album? Absolutely. I mean, I, I would sort of characterize it. I would characterize it this way. Um, to me, pure heroin sounded like, and it's impossible not to compare it to that. Like I, at, at a certain point I should like jettison pure heroin out of my head and, and consider this in its own right. But, but it's so strong and it's, I mean, it yeah. casts such a long shadow, you know? Um, to me, it was clear that a lot of the songs on pure heroin were written by her humming melodies to herself, right? Mm. Into an iPhone or whatever, like in alone in a room, right? Like, and, and this to me was a, uh, this was a record that was written at an instrument, right? Like that was Mm. written, written at a piano because a lot of the, I, I don't think the melodies are quite as interesting and what happens and, and because the, the production on pure heroin, a lot of it was so spare, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, In that kind of like trip hop pop, you know, vocal electro pop kind of, uh, uh, way, um, it had uh, uh, that the melodies had to do a lot of work. Here, there are a lot more rhythmic ele- elements that uh, that have to do uh, that have to do the work, right? Like yeah. even from the mm. you know the beginning, even in Greenlight, right? Like I do my makeup in somebody else's car, and there's a there's kind of a, a pad going, and there's like a rhythmic thing, and then the then the piano comes in, which you know I I am a piano fan, uh, so it's not. Um, uh, I I don't uh, take quite as offen- as much offense to the to the presence of the piano as uh, as you seem seem to. Even oh no, no, we love pianos. Just uh, not know, in the ballad mode. Not in not the in the ballad. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, exactly. I mean, we we hate all ballads. Like, mm-hmm. don't worry, we're equal opportunity ballad haters. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we're not going to be covering a lot of Adele, uh, I guess, on the the uh, <laughs> TFT podcast. Like. Yes, we have- we have covered more than enough Adele. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did our tour. <laughs> this, uh, Adele is an interesting, you know, um, sort of uh, uh, touchstone, right? To to measure measure Lord against because she she is another one who has done these sort of growing up on. Uh, um, like what were they like eighteen twenty one twenty five or something like that? Um, yeah. the and and like eighteen twenty one is not that far from from uh, 
yeah. from what lords uh, lords were anyway so the the um you know uh in like liability for example has this descending this descending melodic and harmonic line and that was like uh it's clear that that's that's very organic to the piano the way that that is mm-hmm. um conceived uh and it's um uh, uh right like and and so that's uh, and it's not it's not better or worse it's just it's just different it's a more uh uh, you know, it's a, it's to a certain extent a more sophisticated, right? Like a less kind of primitivist um, sort of uh, sort of thing. But like I, uh, but it does like by sort of emphasizing these other these other elements, uh, like conventional production elements of pop music, and de-emphasizing uh, Lord's voice, which is like to me is the like the nuclear bomb in her arsenal. Is you know she's an incredible vocal performer and. Like she, you know, she has apparently like sound color synesthesia. So like the different sounds and the different tones and timbre and intonation and things like this all are like uh, those differences are very important. And so when she kind of like she was known in that first year for like making these sort of weird howls and weird like melismas and things like this, but they were all very important to like her kind of sensory experience of the song. And you know, it's hard not to feel like a little of that is is de-emphasized in favor of uh uh not maybe not conventional pop structures or or conventional pop gratification but but more conventional pop elements um you know in terms of like rhythmic and uh rhythmic and harmonic uh instrumental elements that that make make these songs a little more i don't know uh that, that make these songs a little more radio friendly maybe yeah, no, it's interesting. I um I I do think my into I guess my my first uh instinct instinctive response to this album was oh, this is good, but I feel like the edges have been like softened somehow. Yeah. yeah. Like something like uh, there's something like somehow the, the sound of it all is like a little less uh mm-hmm. sharp, is a little less edgy. Yeah, and especially that on that on that set of first three songs, it's just like ugh. I think it was our first reaction, our like, first the reaction morning that we put it on. But was was that we were afraid. We were afraid of what had happened. Um, <laughs> but but it grew on us so quickly. Um, oh my god, Lord, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, we had to have a Lord intervention. Like, Lord, are you okay? Did Jack? Did Jack hurt you? <laughs> Hold up today's newspaper. Right. Yeah, absolutely. What, what did? What the fuck did Jack do to you? Yeah, I don't like this. Yeah, yeah. no, but I, right. I actually, it grew on me so quickly though that it. I guess I start. I kind of buried that initial impression uh-huh. because the songs were as catchy as they are, and they are, and I think they are compelling um what, what is there a song that that jumps out at you as like what kind of helped you turn the corner what helped me turn the corner or what was the one that you found going like like that really got stuck in your head or kind of i would say that actually like the sober song and uh then the little loveless interlude i don't know it really i mean i guess it's hard for me to say it like they all kind of got stuck in my head at the the same time and i mean i think that's pretty impressive for an entire album to become stuck in my head uh it's you know you know i can say that you know we listened to the halsey album quite a bit and it it never stuck i couldn't tell you halsey's piano ballad uh if you had a gun to my head like i really could not sing it at this point whereas i can sing you know the the, i can hum the melody of, of lord's piano ballad and and all of these songs like just sort of worm their way into my head um you know despite my initial reservations that something had been like flattened here um and yeah was like a little too ready for the spin studio (laughs) but i think think the other things that kind of grabbed me um in addition to like the melodies is that there are these still a bunch of weird little moments throughout the the um the album and they're not the weird little production moments but there's these weird little vocal moments uh, one that kind of grabbed me um on a maybe a second or third listen is the um the stuttered d on homemade dynamite 
right? The the, the, the dynamite is like uh, it's it's odd, right? It's an odd little uh, flourish, and I think that's the same song that has the little mouth explosion too, right? Kind of about two thirds of the way through, she goes. <laughs> like the music just cuts out and I mean she basically go Lord basically goes pew 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 <laughs> um, and there's a few of these other um, these small vocalizations I think on the last track um, on perfect places there's also a like um, what is there there's a line um, even about kind of blowing your brains out or something like that, right? Um, what is it? It's, um, there's, there's a, a very kind of, or uh, where I want to... Yeah, I'll blow my brains out to the radio. Yeah, I'll blow my bra- brains out to the radio. Uh, and and there's a, she makes like a noise uh, with her mouth, right? And so, and there's a few other either spare lines or um, or sounds that are just these that, that like, it's like, oh no, Lord's still there, <laughs> right? <laughs> She's still fighting. Uh, and then there is, I mean, uh, the other one is uh, in Louvre, right? The, um, the spoken word aside, right? Um, you know, we're the greatest. They'll hang us in the Louvre. But then the, the kind of spoken as if she kind of just grabs you, you, the listener by the shoulders, like, you know, it's okay. It's by the back, but it's still the Louvre. And mm-hmm. there's this like the conspiratorial tone in her voice is just very well is 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 right on, right? And then, so I think that where the where the authenticity resides is in these kind of weird moments of kind of impulsive performance, right? <laughs> and of these weird kind of ways of acting something out that are the you know they're the the performative equi- equivalents of uh, of an onion gr- onion ring review uh, uh, Instagram, right? Yeah. They're they're just they're just they're just weird creative impulses that are not kind of because I think that the kind of contrast and one thing that we've been kind of going is that you know in terms of being written at a uh, album, uh, written at a at a, an instrument and kind of having a kind of single co-producer um, and co-creator is that it, everything feels a lot more planned, right, and a lot more mannered. Um, and, and considered. And, and I think that even within that, there are these moments of experimentation and, and, um, improvisation that are then kind of bring out the perspective, um, that is, that is Lord. Yeah. I mean, song, songwriting wise, this, this one shifts its, its, uh, focus to from like the place of the individual in society, right. To, uh, um, to like the the dyad, right? Like the place of individ- the individual in in relationship to uh, you know to a romance or to a lover or something something like that. Because this Louv this Louv song is about like uh, you know is about uh, like the beginning of a relationship. You know about the the right. kind of like when you're fronting, right? Like the the sort of when you're the the phase in a relationship where you're kind of being your public image, your your or you're like being your like dating public image or something right. like something like that. And she describes it as like. Um, uh oh no sorry we were, it was uh oh damn it i i i thought i was i thought it was on the right song no yeah is that is that the louvre where she's she says like i'll tell you all my tell you all my best lies tell you all my best lines um no i'm sorry it's a it's a different song but the the uh this one right like when when in in louvre when she's talking about being in the louvre right it's a homemade homemade uh homemade dynamite oh right because that was the, the, the yeah one. the last one that we were talking about right like um that uh, uh our thing progresses i call and you come through blow all my friendships right so it's like a rejection of the the re, a rejection yeah. of the the social world in favor of the diet uh to sit in hell with you but we are the greatest they'll hang us in the louvre down the back but who cares uh still the louvre and so there and there's this self-consciousness right because she goes on right. uh okay i know that you're not my type and saying that you're not my type like having a type is you know that's that's not a 
a song of innocence. That's a song of experience, right? Like how, right. Ha- having a type because you're, you're, uh, you have to know there are two levels of self knowledge there. One is that yeah. you, that you have a type and the other is like when you're in the middle of like an emotional experience or sort of an interaction with somebody having that like self knowledge or that ability to kind of see yourself and say, no, you're not my type. Like I know my type yeah. and you're not, I have met my type and, and you are not it. Like, uh, well, that's, it's very, there's a similar line, um, on homemade dynamite where she says, don't know you super well, but I think that you might be the same as me. Right. And I I find that to be a very similar kind of line. Yeah. That it's a, it's a kind of metacognition about Mm -hmm. the, about the process of sort of starting a relationship and, 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 uh, and almost kind of exhausted, right? Like, um, uh, feeling about, uh, you know, People, their uh, people, their tendencies, their types, and you know what hap- what goes on, um, uh, what goes on when you when you sort of when you sort of meet someone, and this almost this sort of like. Uh, this is what's expected of us because this is at, uh, we are at the, uh, we are at the meeting, meeting at the, uh, uh, meeting at the loft party and going home stage of our life. Yeah. So like we, we kind of have to do this. This is our social role. This is kind of what's expected of us. Right. Right. And then, then you kind of fast forward then like, um, to, to liability, right. By kind of a, only a few songs later, you're at the crying in the taxi phase of the relationship, right? Like things are going fast, yeah. right? Um, like it's the, it's, it's, it's like the re remix to ignition, but way sadder. Right. <laughs> so it's like after, after the club at the after party, after the party, it's crying in the taxi. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, and, uh, and right, she says, "Baby really hurt me crying in the taxi. He don't want to know me." Um, he says, "says he made the big mistake of dancing in my storm. Says it was poison." Right, and then into the chorus, and I think this is an interesting flip of what we were saying in the last two songs we discussed. Right, um, she says. Uh, the chorus is, they say, you're a little much for be- me, you're a liability, you're a little much for me. So they pull back, make other un- other plans. I understand I'm a liability. Um, get you wild, make you leave. Uh, I'm a little much for in-na-na-na everyone. <laughs> There's another one of those vocalizations, right? It's The line is, I'm a little much for everyone. Um, and then to prove the point, she she gets a little extra, right? <laughs> right, in the, <laughs> right in that line, uh, she adds a, a little more of a vocal flourish. Yeah, she's right? a little, that's a little Van Morrison there for you. This little <laughs> sha-la-la-la-la-la, yeah. Um, but, yeah but it's, like, a little Adam, it's a little Adam Duritz, right? I think, right, yeah. Excuse me while I go count a few crows. <laughs> there are two. There are two crows. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I, I think this, this chorus is an interesting moment of songwriting, right? Like, uh, uh, so finish this Finish this sentence, not with the lyric, not with the lyric, the actual lyric, but with the lyric that you hear, right? Um, uh, They say, you're a little much for me. You're a liability. You're a little much for me. So they pull back, make other plans. I understand. I'm a liability. Get you wild, make you leave. I'm a little much for every... What? What do you want there? Buddy. Right. Yeah. And and it's not that. And, and by delaying yeah. Yeah. it, yeah. she draws yeah. attention to it. Uh, yep. you know, uh, so right. Get you wild, make you leave. I'm a little much for everybody, everybody, say everybody. I know it's coming. Mm-hmm. I know it's coming. Lord. Na, 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 eh, eh, everyone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which, which proves her point, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, right. Exactly. That she's sort of, it's about, I, it, it's an interesting moment because this is a moment like where is the rejection located, right? Like what constitutes the rejection? Because she's, she wants to alienate and confound a little right. bit, right? Right. Like, right. And, 
uh, right? She's a performance artist of the relationship, right? right? <laughs> and she can't, uh, you know, she can't um, help it a, a little bit. Like, and I, you know, I get that. Like, not wanting to be that's a that's a thing. Like, not wanting to be boxed in or not wanting to be sort of uh, sort of defined because you know, Lord's a millennial and she's not old like I am. Where it's like, box me in, de- define me. As long as I do not have to get up off the couch, I really like whatever. <laughs> Box me in and then I will subscribe to that box service of myself. (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh, yeah. Um, that's an interesting thing because a box service is both a surprise and something that you know is is coming and you know more or less what's coming. And so it's it's definitely it's definitely for when you've given up on discovering new things through living life. Um, and she's not there yet, to her credit, right? Like she's in the she's doing the right thing, which is like kind of blazing her trail, you know, and. uh yeah, yeah. Anyway, go. So going on. I mean, like uh, this was a song. This was an important song for me on this yeah, totally. on this album. And this was this is the piano ballad that that you guys surprisingly didn't hate, right? Right. And I think it's I think it's part. This is what we're kind of di- diving into is is part of it, right? Yeah. Um, because it's 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 a challenging piano ballad, yeah. Right. Um, both in terms of 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 lyrical content, in terms of songwriting. Um, Rachel. Well, I think uh, you know, unlike certain other piano ballads that shall not be named, uh, it, it has like actual like tension. Like there's like a sense of like there's a sense of like momentum and tension in the melody and in the piano ballad. So it's compelling. It's like a compelling song. Um, you know, in a way that I, I cannot say certain other piano ballads are. Oh, if this is my last night with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the, <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that the, the, the tension is the kind of the, the, like, she's stuck in something that feels like an unsolvable problem relationally. Right. And she kind of can't see her way out of it. And like, does a very good job of writing a song that like really lives inside the problem and really kind of like churns, churns with the problem a little bit. Right. Like the, the next, the next verse, the truth is I'm a toy that people enjoy till all the tricks don't work anymore. And then they're bored of me. I know that it's exciting running through the light, but every perfect summer is eating me alive until you're gone. Better on, you know, better, on my own this is like a this is a relationship this is like a relational script right and the kind right. of the the persona of this song or this song like lives in a system where there isn't a way out of that you know mm-hmm. kind of like relationship as like an early burst of sensation Rather than like what we would say, you know, as people who have maybe been through this ringer a few, you know, dozen times, right? Like, uh, you know, there is actually a transformation that happens where it becomes about sort of intimacy and vulnerability and actually knowing and being known and sort of, uh, and, you know, things, things like this. But the idea that like the, where, where you kind of stop being a performance artist of the self in relation, mm-hmm. in relationship, right? And you kind of just chill a little. Bit, um, like uh, that. That, but the the tension is from like not seeing a way out. Like, because the point of being in a relationship is you have like tricks and stuff and persona and um, you know all kinds of uh, uh, all kinds of systems and performances and and uh, lines that you use and kind of self image and uh, all this stuff. and that this is not a, uh, you know, uh, that this is not a, um, uh, it, it's not the complete version, but it is, it is, it definitely pinpoints a, a moment in time, uh, really artfully, I think. Yeah, no, and I, again, I'm contrasting it to certain piano ballads, uh, <laughs> you know, that are also about kind of having like some sort of like personality, kind of like, uh, internal personality flaw, kind of self-hating, self-destructive drive in the relationships that they're in that pushes away other people. This is a certainly Would this a be much from an album that rhymes with popeless mountain springdom. <laughs> uh yes. <laughs> uh you know, this one it is it, just like a lot more um 
it, it like like you know you said I think it like it, it kind of articulates and di- it diagnoses the problem much more articulately, right? I, I think art- articulating this is about this kind of like performative impulse on on the speaker's part is a lot more nuanced of a diagnosis than. I don't like myself and push people away, <laughs> uh, which is, I think, on certain other piano ballads, not to be named. <laughs> I think that, I mean, maybe another place to jump. I, I like that we're, because there is this arc to the album, we're able to kind of jump to specific points in the arc. Yeah. Um, to and this, see is, how this it, is like the hinge. This song is like the hinge, yeah, you know what totally. I mean? Between the yep. first yeah. and the, and the second halves. Uh, also the title liability, I think is, is important. And that's why it's an interesting thing because it defines the self in terms of the other person, right? Like I'm a negative on your balance sheet, yeah. you know, yeah. is it, is an interesting, way to is an interesting way to claim that because it sort of is a kind of self-objectifying um mm-hmm. move because it doesn't it doesn't focus on my experience it focuses on your accounting of yeah. of my worth right yeah mm-hmm. I, exactly and i feel like that that actually is a good pivot to the other song i wanted to talk about which is supercut right uh which where she says um you know it starts in my head i play a supercut of us all the magic we gave off, all the love we had and lost. And in my head, the visions never stop. These ribbons wrap me up. The, but when I reach for you, there's just a super cut. Um, and and I, I think that, uh, the, the, I mean, I think this relates to this of uh, in thinking about super cuts. Uh, I think what is interesting about the super cuts is that it's what the, it's what the fans put together uh, are, the, are the kind of greatest hits, right? As a genre of... I mean, especially the supercuts I end up watching a lot are the really specific ones, right? The, like, every, like, like the, I don't know why this is the one that comes to mind, but one supercut I know I watched from start to finish was the supercut of every grunt in Home Improvement. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's like, it's like 10 minutes of grunting. (laughs) Um, and uh, Wait, like grunting when they're hit with with things in the head. No, or it's the, the no, no. Oh, are, are you not familiar of the? Uh, of oh, the, oh, the. Uh, 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 uh. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I got, yeah, I got, yeah, I got yeah, Home Improvement oh, and Home Alone confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was no, thinking of Home Alone. Exactly, Mister. You know, ne- you never want to uh, bring a a Home Improvement uh, Home Improvement uh, motivational lecture to a Home Alone paint can in the face that's right. for sure um yeah but it's these things where it is it, there's a few things about supercuts right is that they are often exhaustive um and kind of obsessive in in in, in their completest about a, a work right and it's often a work that is done right and so it's kind of figuring it's either identifying the best or all of the or there's a lot of ways to slice your supercut but there are they are this kind of like obs- obsessive kind of non-creative nostalgia, right? That there is a, here is everything, um, and let me replay it. But it's it's not everything, right? Um, because, like, it, it, but it, it is a kind of completeness on a very specific dimension, right? And so that the supercut that she's composed is not the relationship, and it's not even, you know, even specific moments or specific memories. But it is this kind of because part of what ends up happening when you make a supercut is that the context of the um, individual scenes and episodes that you are cutting together fade away, and you just have these kind of decontextualized things that are uh, are organized on some other kind of artificially imposed <laughs> schema right and and so that that becomes uh, and and that is both you know how she is now relating to this relationship and how she's relating to this person right when i reach for you there's just a supercut right uh, which is kind of amazing right this idea of this you know a copy of a copy or a, a kind of mashup of a of a copy um is is what's there I, I i found it to be a very it's both a very interesting and a very kind of you know definitely digital native way of understanding this yeah it's it's a it's a sort of different metaphor for the same problem which is that like kind of there are in relationships there are the the moments that are kind of rushes of sensation right like there are high 
high points that are like intense, that are emotionally intense or difficult or happy or, or things like this. And then there's a lot of just kind of time passing, you know, and the supercut abstracts the, like the, the, uh, the sort of intense, the high points from the, just the, the time passing. And as you say, the context, um, and it's, it's a, it's a, like, uh, it's sort of like the emotional spank bank a little bit, right? Like, that, like <laughs> you know, that like, and a little bit, cause she's talking about like going on, going on tour, right? She falls into continents and cars, uh, all the stages and the stars. Uh, I turn all of it to just a supercut. She's sort of, and, and talking about like remembering someone important in the context of kind of being in this whirlwind, you know, um, and that the, the, what she has, right. Uh, is not actually, um, what she has is not actually a relationship. It's, uh, you know, I said at the, at the, uh, uh, at the outset that this is an album about how it's, it's hard for Lord to sort of, uh, it's hard for Lord to find a date, you know? And, uh, and this is like, this actually it's, it's not wrong that like, you know, the, the international touring schedule must make it a little difficult to sustain a relationship just because like that, all of that separation and all of that sort of whirlwind kind of makes everything, uh, makes everything a whirlwind a little bit she she will she will find her globe trotting uh onion ring loving soulmate yet i think Um, yeah i love uh yeah absolutely i i believe uh, i believe in lord you know? uh, uh, I, 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 I do think it's something interesting at the level of how this song is composed that I think really connects with the substance of um, these pre-choruses, the parts that are kind of the supercut, right? The in in your car, the radio up, in your car, the radio up. We keep trying to talk about us. It, uh, I'm someone you might, may, you maybe might love. I'll be your quiet afternoon crush, be your violent overnight rush, make you crazy over my touch. It's just a supercut of us, right? And and the, it, the, the, that part, the, like these kind of flashes of memories um are sung like you you feel like the rhythm um and and the tempo increases right and they're kind of on the on this kind of double time or almost rushed double time um it's very kind of syncopated um and then when and she hits the chorus and it slows down right it's just a super cut of us yeah um and it's it's really it's it's very cool right there's a little bit of this like kind of like whiplash right that there is a i I think that that is this moment of being becoming present again, right? Where it's like, you know, it's it's that uh, uh, it's just a supercut is also a bit like a oh, this is a dream. Uh, it's like kind of waking herself up um, and kind of understanding that this is a a kind of you know potential. You know, this is this is nostalgia, and this is this thing isn't anymore. Yeah, um, yeah, or it's not. It's not actually going to meet her actual needs as like a human person, you know, who needs to be in relationship to other people in order to um, yeah get through the day. Yeah, like behind the ten minute like supercut of grunts are many hours of home improvement. (laughs) Right, many hours of home improvement that that didn't work out. But it's just a super cut of grunts. Super cut of grunts. Oh. And, and maybe if I look, oh, I don't know if I could if I could take it all back. I would maybe watch that let those last few episodes of Home Improvement. Maybe I would glean some. No, it's just a super cut of grunts. <laughs> I think that Jack Antonoff should start sampling some of these grunts. <laughs> I'm going to do a remix album of melodrama that's entirely Tim Allen grunts. <laughs> exactly. The supercut of grunts. Uh, speaking of which, did you hear the Chromio remix of... Uh... I, I did, we did it in a spin class. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. It's pretty good, you know, yeah, like... Uh, definitely spin friendly, right? And like club friendly, you know, um, like because we're old, we go to spin class instead of the club, but you hear the same music in both places. Probably. I mean, they're, 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 they're observationally equivalent, a dark, sweaty place where you hear dance music. (laughs) I mean, as a straight edge person, there is no difference between the club and the spin studio for me. Like just depending on the day, what day and time of day, one smells worse, but it's, it's kind of a coin flip. (laughs) I guess. I mean, you get more exertion in the spin studio, right? 
guess so. I mean, I've 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 been in, on in some epic sweaty club nights, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Are there any others that, other songs that we wanted to hit? I mean, we kind of hit the the most of the points of the kind of life cycle of um, of this album. Are there any other for either of you? Um, lyrics, music, things that 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 are are, are parting shots. Let's. Uh, well, I, maybe it's time to kiss and take off our clothes. <laughs> <laughs> that is, you know, the, when that line came up in perfect places, I was. I, I think I said, "Ooh, sexy lord." <laughs> because <laughs> it was. I mean, it, it was. It's a that that was a definitely. Kind of, you know, even on an album filled with kind of relationships, um, there was a kind of like frankness of that, like that was it was still like surprising. And well, Lord's uh, Lord's uh, verified annotation uh, that she contributed to the geniuses on Rap Genius uh, is that uh, I think this is an intriguing idea for one of my songs in that it's so completely pop and obvious. Let's kiss and then take (laughs) off our clothes would be a really obvious notion in some people's songs, but I think. It feels profound here and strange. <laughs> and the melody with all those sad harmonies is just my favorite. Because hooking up with a ton of people you only like a little bit is fun, but sometimes, but sad sometimes too. So this is like, this is like, 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 like Lord's normcore, like, relationship, basically. <laughs> like, slash, right? Like, this is, this is Lordcore, right? Uh, <laughs> Right, because right, like when something is so completely pop and obvious, that's like that's textbook normcore, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it's that, uh, the, but it's kind of rather than it like being a fashion statement where you're like, I'm so interesting because I'm so normal. This is like I'm so sad because I'm, you know, yeah. When um, when when uh, when another pop singer does it, um, then uh, then it's normal, right? Uh, but when I do it, it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> Just like this is uh, well, and and she's not wrong because she actually has a uh, she's better than like a normal pop singer most of the time, right? Like um, this reminds me a little bit of uh, of Shamir's record, right? Huh. His first record because we talked about that in terms mm. of we talked about that in terms of the party, a, a night of partying or like a night out with your friends. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? And that like, there's a kind of quest aspect to it that this song is explicitly about. Like, uh, mm. you know, all the nights spent off our faces trying to find these perfect places. Yeah. Uh, yeah. R- right. And, uh, the idea that there's a, there's a sort of drive to catharsis or to exaltation or to yeah. like, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, these kind of experiences, these kind of high point, um, these kind of high point experiences. It's a very capital R romantic idea of like, uh, even to the extent of like, there's, cause there's a, a fair bit of substance use, like, uh, referenced on this record. And that's part of that, like, Blakey and drive to the sublime. You know, he, he yeah. was about the, uh, uh, William Blake was about the kind of the derangement of the senses also in, in pursuit of this kind of, um, big, cathartic, uh, overpowering, transformative, um, experience right like and that through which you sort of touch the uh through which you touch the uh through through which you touch the divine and then like that that drive right like is something um that you know that drive is something that is kind of an animating principle behind behind the record like because it's a little bit like well if it's just like you know doing the same thing over and over expecting a different result is the definition of insanity like why you know why are you you know why do you keep why do you keep doing it why do you keep kissing and then taking off your clothes if it's uh if it's sad you know um and and i i think the answer is the answer is here like cuz we're trying to find the uh yeah. we're trying to find the perfect the perfect place um and yet we haven't realized that the perfect place was within us all along <laughs> whoa <laughs> oh <laughs> hold me like i'm more than just a friend um that's I, I know you weren't. No, uh... I think it's true. I think it's definitely. I think that's. I think that's that's right on. I think what's cool about this, where it comes in the album in terms of the the structure, is that 
you know, the, in contrast to the Shamir album, which kind of starts very party and then just kind of the whole back si- back end of that of Ratchet is very, you know, the tempos get more and more slower. I mean, this is one where um, that, you know, it picks up in um, it, it picks up in, in Supercut. And then there's the the liability reprise where she um, where she bony bears a little bit where uh, and, uh, and and uh, and and kind of does the little robot harmony. But then Perfect Places is a kind of a return back to um, the party or to the club. But it's the, like you say, it's the club of the of the soul, right, of the heart. Right. Uh, and the the the, the re- Real kind of the the lasting dance party, like you say, is within, right? And and I think that there is this sense of, I mean, again, in that last stage, there is an acceptance, but it's an acceptance of kind of self, um, and 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 a a leap. There's kind of a leap of faith that the con- connection with others will follow. Yeah. Once you kind of accept yourself, right? Yeah, and that like that like like don't worry don't worry everybody it's going to be okay you know is like an is it an interesting interesting thing of this yeah there's like a hopeful uh a sort of hopeful quality to it yeah well i guess it's also though also the ending line is what the fuck are perfect places anyway right so it's like you know the the perfect place is the enemy of the good place (laughs) (laughs) right um that's another way of of saying that that this drive for a kind of perfection um in 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 a state of being and and kind of perfect like happiness as perfection obscures that there are there there's maybe a a kind of goodness or a something that can be found that is actual happiness yeah well and i think i think too it's like kind of to me i read this all is also like kind of driven by like this by social like a social media type of perfect place uh Mm. seeking and like it's it's not just like the it's like a drive for like the catharsis and the sublime but it's also like a drive for like that this like it's a drive towards that state of being that you can then sort of broadcast to the world <laughs> right like it's right. like it's like a perfect state of 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 happiness and it's like that it's that it's that feeling of it is like reaching that state and then being able to share that right. and let other people know that you have reached that state. Hashtag, uh, hashtag Nirvana. <laughs> yes. It, it's like a very performative. It's like the stress of having to like have like a performative amount of fun, uh, which I think kind of syncs with like liability and like kind of some of the other like impulses about. Uh, you know, I, I think there's like a stress there about the performance of fun. But I think that there's a desire for this to both ha- have the image of perfection and the feeling of perfection. Mm-hmm. But there's also, I think, a recognition that these two things are actually um, in, at odds with each other, right? In trying to make it perfect, whether it's you know the, to uh, to match up with some internal idea or kind of some external idea of this, you know, you know the, this perfect bowl from um, from from by chloe right the perfect <laughs> vegan bowl right or the the perfect day at the beach mm-hmm. um or you know whatever um is uh is is you know in trying to like you say set that up you're kind of missing like the actual that opportunity even though you're kind of trying to i guess have your instagram cake and eat it too right <laughs> <laughs> well let's uh let's let the wasters blow the speakers and uh and say that this party is over thank you very much for uh, uh for uh listening to and and sort of bringing me around a little bit to the things that are valuable and cool about melodrama uh and uh, uh ryan and rachel and thank uh, all the listeners for listening uh we're on twitter tft podcast we're on facebook theory for turntables we got some comments on on some show notes this, i think is a record that could uh uh spur some discussion so if you want to you want to head over there ryan and i uh and rachel will jump in with you and uh and let's talk uh let's talk about perfect places um so uh you know whatever you're doing if you are uh, spilling your guts beneath the outdoor light uh if you look back and it's just a super cut of us uh if you are going to go out and kiss and then take off your clothes no matter what you do keep it real <laughs>